0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: All right, good day, everybody. Welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit. Um, just want to get in today to uh, deeper into um, what the Lord calls knowledge versus logical reason right logical reason you can actually know about the lord you can actually read about him in scripture you can have um there's people that actually sit in church for decades that know about him but don't know him and um our assignment as believers is to have such deep encounters with the holy spirit that we're profoundly changed we're truly built by the voice of the lord that our first go-to is actually not Scripture. Our first go-to is the Holy Ghost because we know the one we walk with, we know the one who equips us, we know the one who identifies us, who answers all of our prayer, who, who gives us everything that we need, um, and by His power we live and not by general awareness to Scripture. Okay, you've been hearing me talk, um, literally the last couple months about the Bible being a reference tool. If the Bible is not what you worship, it's the truth of God revealing Himself. But it's not all the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, right? When Jesus was resurrected from the grave, he told, he told His followers, stay here in this city until I baptize you in the Holy Spirit and power. You shall receive power. You shall be My witness unto the ends of the earth. He didn't say stay here till you memorize the whole book, right? Stay here to where you have a logical reason of every Bible scenario before you decide to follow me. No, he actually changed it. He actually flipped the script. He actually took people out of logical, powerless reason and into the simplicity of being baptized in the presence of the Lord and knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And um, man, just keep your questions coming. Um, you know, I, I love this this topic we've been on. We've been talking about apostolic DNA and, and actually building the church. And and uh, the concept of church guys is actually you, you the one, the individual. How do you get built so that you become the house, the church where Christ rests? Right. So your heart, your heart becomes a positional. Um, place, a throne, so to speak, where Jesus takes up residence as you, with your mind, decide to follow the Spirit of God and chase the Spirit of God and not try to be a logical quote-unquote Christian. Okay, there's a lot of powerless people that call themselves Christians, but that's not what Jesus defined as the evidence of a true believer. A true believer is impossible situations in your life being overcome by the Holy Ghost being poured out through you. Amen. And so I want to I want to go deeper into this concept of distinguishing between mere knowledge about God versus knowing God. We've been talking about um, the word uh, knowledge, um, uh, in in particular the concept of knowing Christ. Uh, the Lord actually uses the word um, yada in the Old Testament. Right? We've been talking about um, Isaiah twenty eight uh, verse nine. The Lord asked the question, To whom will I teach knowledge? That word knowledge is actually the word "yada." He's actually saying, To whom will I teach intimate relational interaction with my spirit? Okay? Um, and I'm going to reference back on that scripture again, so I'm not going to get too deep into t- Isaiah 28 yet. But um, the same concept is utilized by Paul in Ephesians 3.19. In Ephesians 3.19, Paul says, I pray that you may really know to come the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. Okay? Those are two different concepts, two different Greek words. Um, I pray that you would know the love of Christ. He's actually saying, I I pray that you would be connected in spirit, that you would, yada, intimately know the spirit of God. That Greek word is gnisko, okay? Okay? the word that um, Paul says, I pray that you would um, know Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. That Greek word actually means to know about Him, okay? You have an awareness. You, have, you know that, okay, you, you, you generally believe the Bible's true, um, and you have an awareness about Him, but your awareness about Him is not the goal. The goal is that you would know Him okay at the end of Paul's ministry Paul who knew all the scripture he knew what all the books of the first five uh, books of the of the uh, of the Old Covenant Genesis Leviticus um, you know all of all of that stuff he had to memorize as a Pharisee and and at the end of his walk with Christ he says I pray he goes I realize I know nothing I pray that nothing I know is what I depend on it's who I know. Okay, he says, All I pray at the end of his walk, he says, I, I, I owe that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. Okay, the concept of resurrection is Jesus didn't walk by knowledge about Scripture, he walked by the voice of the Spirit. Right, and the last time we talked, we got in pretty deep of what the real um, battle in the desert was between Jesus and Satan. And we talked that that wasn't about Jesus repeating Scripture. That was actually how Satan used Scripture to twist and um, get Jesus to try to accept a position, a high position. A lot of you guys are, are in the same situations. You get accepted into high positions in a church. You think that because you have a high position that suddenly you're um, acknowledged, you're accepted. And the reality is um, you may not know that you've been duped by a religious process, a religious system, that just like when Satan came to Jesus, I will give you all this stuff in the world, I'll give you a position, a high up position, and Jesus actually, def- he actually reverted back to um, no, um, it is written on my heart, he's actually defaulting to what was the Holy Spirit literally speaking to Christ and leading him, the Holy Ghost is who grants position not a church organization, not a body, not the world, okay and so Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit because He did not use the Bible to defeat Satan. He actually used the Spirit who wrote continuously on the heart of Christ. He was referencing that no longer um, does does a man live by uh, the written the writings on stone, because Jesus has a heart of flesh that the Holy Ghost leaves an imprint on continuously on the living heart right? The new heart that Christ represents in the New Testament. And so the giving of the Holy Spirit is actually you no longer living by what you know, you actually live by who you know, okay? And Paul's prayer is, I pray that you would know the love of Christ beyond mere knowledge, amen? And so, man, what a what a deep revelation, what a deep um, deliverance. Um, if I encourage you, if you're sitting in a place where all they're doing is passively talking about you know concepts and bible this and awareness of the of the Holy Ghost awareness is not what d- does it guys you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and you have to expect and rely and chase after the Holy Ghost okay and so I want to talk to you about the five levels of knowing or, or what I'll call the five levels of, of knowledge um uh regarding Christ. Okay? Level one. Level one is very simply um, you learn about him. You read what he wrote, right? Um, and granted there's there's scripture, there's there's the sixty six books in the Bible, but there are many other scriptures. There are many other books uh, such as the book of Enoch Uh, the Book of the Watchers, the Book of Giants. There's all these other books that are truly breathed by God that didn't make it into the Bible but are still breathed by God. They're still true, right? And so it gives credence to the fact that you weren't called to worship a Bible that men put together. You're actually called so that the Bible is a reference tool that actually points to the living Christ and the power of His Spirit that He gives, right? So the first level of, of learning is actually you look at the Bible um, as a love letter, okay? You actually, if, you, if the Bible is your highest level of intimacy, you've actually accepted the love letter instead of the lover. Because the love letter, the Bible, is actually meant to reveal the living Christ and bring you to a heart position of need and reliance on the Holy Spirit who is to take you by the hand and take you into the realms of the Spirit, okay? And we'll get into that deeper here in a minute, but I encourage you, um, if you're coming out of a denomination, if you, in, if you grew up in a denomination, the Catholic Church, Presbyterian, uh, all the different ba- Baptists, Fundamental Baptists, uh, Methodists, um, all that stuff that points to a doctrinal position as being greater than the Holy Spirit, then you've been duped, guys. Um, you've been duped. And, and uh, over the next two or three sessions, we're going to get into the depths of uh, what it means to be duped by common, uh, common religion, common what I'll call common Christian religion that emphasizes the Bible over the Holy Spirit. Okay, you were never meant to worship a Bible you are meant to know Christ. And so the Bible is a good reference tool, but the Bible is to point you to the, the intent of Christ, which He gave the Holy Spirit, right, so that you would be empowered in relationship with the Holy Spirit, that you would know Christ. So let's go on level two. Level two is um, level two of intimacy or, or, or what I'll call knowledge. You understand technically how this Holy Spirit thing works. You actually believe that the gifts could be real, but you don't actually practice them. You don't actually have a relationship where you have Joel 2.28 daily and weekly interactions with the Lord where He promised to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams and have visions. Um, And those visions and dreams is the relational dynamic of the Lord leading you to release His gifts to the world. If you don't, if you actually believe that that's possible, or you tolerate it happening once in a while in a church, um, you're kind of at level two. Okay, your mind's starting to change, but you haven't actually learned to practice spiritual life. All right, so if that's you, we got to get we got to get you to all the way to level five. Amen. So like, it's kind of like this: you work for Fiji water, but you don't drink the water. And that's kind of the thing like you you may you may sit in a church that talks about the power could heal but you don't actually practice it healing. Okay? So we got we got to get you to level 5. Level 3 is you get baptized in the Holy Spirit um, and you learn Um, that when you pray in tongues, that His presence comes, He speaks to you through dreams and visions, and you actually begin the spiritual awakening process. Okay? Um, That baptism of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you, is not a one-time event. Um, I daily seek baptism. I daily seek to um, shut down my mind from the natural, logical way this world works to actually enter the spirit world. Okay? Okay? People ask me, "Well, how did you learn to prophesy? How did you, how did you, um, you know, just search after the Lord with praying in tongues and and all that stuff?" And I, I, I as soon as I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, from the next day on, I sat and prayed every day of my life, and I can't explain it other than I followed the voice of the Spirit. The presence of God was the only thing that gave me peace in my life, um, and all the addictions, all the things that I. You know, I tried to go fast on motorcycles to numb the pain. I couldn't drink enough to numb the pain. Um, I couldn't, you know, hide uh, getting enough degrees. Um, You know, getting, uh, you know, I got two master's degrees. That wasn't enough. I had to pursue higher. I had to take new jobs, new roles. Um, Those were all hiding places that I tried to, compensate and address the void in my heart. But as soon as I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I fell in love in prayer and chased after the Holy Spirit. And that is what actually opened the door um, as the spirit of life started flooding my heart and revealing himself. And so I encourage you, um, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit recently, um, set your heart to pray in the holy ghost every day because that is what will set you up for level 4 and level 5 okay level 4 is this level 4 is you have an encounter whether it's an angelic encounter um the holy spirit reveals himself to you um you're actually taken to heaven and you have a face to face supernatural um re, you know encounter with Christ where he imparts something to you um that's a real deal man you 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 know that should be if you had one you should be searching for the next one and your prayer life will set you up your prayer life will either set you up to chase deep in the holy spirit or your lack of prayer life lack of praying in tongues will um you know essentially keep you a carnal thinker and the reality of why why you pray in the holy spirit why you dedicate alone time and uh you know why personally why i set a line set alone alone time typically 5:30 to 7:30 in the morning i'm praying in the holy spirit and setting my mind to hear what the spirit is saying to me okay because it's not that the spirit's not speaking to all of you right now it's that many of you have not set yourself up to become spiritual and set your mind with the intent of hearing the voice of having the encounter with the holy spirit and so You know, the point of this is that um, your prayer life will produce an encounter. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, If you pray in the Holy Ghost, if you dedicate your life to having spiritual prayer in the way of the Holy Spirit, you will have encounters, and those encounters are what will change you. And so that leads me to level five, which is what I call continuous intimacy. Continuous intimacy um, is actually... You train your mind to actually expect in the Holy Spirit. You become the encounter. Okay, And this is what I mean by this. Um, I'll give you an example. In 2011, I was taken to heaven. um, And I'm not going to tell the the whole story. Many of you who've been listening to my stuff, it's the story of encountering the lion um, in heaven. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a pretty wild uh, experience. I'm not going to go into the whole deal. But at the end of being taken to heaven, these two um, six-winged angels um, heard the voice of the Lord beckon me and they they took me to stand in front of the lion, which is Christ, Christ the Apostle. And when Christ the Apostle was standing in front of me as a lion, He breathed on me and He said, Tell my people if they believe in their portion. Um, Tell my people if they, if they believe in... In, in my prophetic word, they will experience their portion, okay? And the encounter ended. And when I, when, I, when I was literally back in my body, from that moment on, I had the ability to stand in front of anybody. When I walk into a room um, and uh, um, you know, I'm prophesying over people, um, literally, you could stand up every person in the room and I'll stand in front of them and the Lord will begin to speak to me about that person, okay? Because that's an imparted gift, that's an imparted apostolic anointing to actually reveal Christ's intent for people's lives, okay? That's what the power of prophecy is. It, it breaks the lie of the false identity of people and it establishes what the Lord's portion is for the people, Okay? And so that ability to prophesy before that event, I could periodically prophesy, I could periodically get a vision, okay? Um, but as I grew in prayer, that impartation, that encounter equipped me to do something on a continuous basis that I did not do. I The Lord had, let's say, promoted me or or... Um, broke down a wall and connected me to him in a way that was supernatural, that allowed me to flow in a gift of prophecy on a continual basis. Okay, and you know I can go through many other stories of different gifts and different scenarios, different abilities and graces being imparted um, to you know whether when I went to India, whether I went to Toledo, um, where whether I go to Canada, wherever it is. Um, I always wait for the impartation, okay? Whenever I go preach, whenever I get invited to go places, and we do prophetic conferences or weekends, um, I'm not going to go and just pull something out of the hat that I had prepared five years ago, okay? I'm going to start to pray, and the Lord will begin to speak to me. He'll, He'll speak to me about the pastor, He'll speak to me about the church, He'll speak to me about certain things He wants to break off. He'll sometimes name strongholds that He wants to break. Um, he will give me a strategy. He'll give me vision. He'll give me specific prophecies for the body, for the leaders, for the, for the pastor and his wife, um, co-pastors, however that works out. And it is literally, I go to impart something. And that's the power of continuous intimacy. I'm not just going to teach people about scriptural knowledge and awareness of a Bible. Okay? That's a bunch, that's actually a bunch of garbage. Okay? That's powerless. If teaching people about simple scriptures is literally its elementary level. Okay? There should be, you should not be, you should not think that you're sent to go tell people about Jesus. You should think that your relationship with the Holy Spirit releases an impartation that you actually go to the people that the Lord is sending you to release heaven on earth. Okay, When Jesus was casting demons out of of, uh, people in Luke 11, and the Pharisees came and they said, Hey, you cast out demons by Beelzebub. And Jesus says, No, no, I cast out demons by the finger of God. He's actually referencing that He's sent to impart the kingdom because it, it, the rest of that Scripture is I, I cast out demons by the finger of God and surely the kingdom is imparted to you. It comes upon you. So He's actually talking about the ability to drive out demonic powers and impart the tangible presence of God upon people. Okay? That's, a, that's, that's not only a driving out of darkness. That's an impartation of the Holy Spirit and, and elements of God Himself that He wants to give to the people. You have to think of the spiritual concepts or spiritual practices as tangible. It's almost like it's like water, okay? In the in the in the spirit world, um, an impartation is like you're releasing water, you're releasing fire, you're releasing something tangible in the spirit, okay? okay is when you have a demonic problem you're dealing with when you have a fear and an anxiety a heaviness at night that comes upon you is it tangible absolutely it's tangible it has a presence it has an evil um uh, element that is like an ooze that drapes down over your soul it it tries to literally um hide your spirit from being connected to the holy spirit Okay, so when a when an apostolic anointed man is sent to an individual, to a body, to a church, um, he's sent not just to speak a word; he's sent to impart heaven. Okay, and that's level five intimacy, guys. That is level five intimacy, and the prophetic um, deep levels of the prophetic become tangible. Um, in relationship with an individual to actually change an entire body through interaction with with a pastor um, the leadership group uh, the whole church you're coming to actually deposit an ability okay when i when i leave when i leave places like for example when i left muskoka canada last week people were messaging me oh my gosh i got peace I haven't had peace. Um, oh, oh my goodness, I can pray now. I couldn't pray. I didn't want to pray. And now suddenly I pray. I literally wake up. The hair in my arms is standing up. I feel the presence of the Lord. Why is that? Because when the Lord called me to go to Muskoka, uh, and or, or put it this way, whenever I received a call from the leadership to come to Muskoka, the reason I went is because the Lord had already given me a dream with something he wanted to impart, okay? And, you know, that was probably four or five messages ago, um, that stuff where I talked about the spirit of knowledge. All that stuff was birthed in Muskoka. The Lord messed me up on the revelation of the spirit of knowledge. I preached all day long on Saturday in Muskoka about the spirit of knowledge and intimacy. And man, that that place, th- those people literally were set on fire. We had demonized people flaw- falling on the floor, uh, flopping, getting delivered. Um, we had broken marriages, um, people that were separated, literally coming together, weeping and being restored. Um, that's an apostolic anointing, Okay. And so you're at, there's an apostolic element in every one of you. Okay, I'm not calling all of you apostles. Uh, that would be ludicrous. But what I am saying is the ability to hear His voice, if you can hear His voice, and He sends you to give something to a person, He's sending you to impart heaven upon them. Some of it's casting out a demon. Some of it's an impartation of a gift. Some of it is breaking down a false identity. It's all connected, but at the end of the day, it's all an impartation of heaven. If you have nothing to impart and all you have to do is to read a scripture and try to teach somebody about Jesus, then I would say you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and get your prayer life amped up and sit there and rest and wait till the Lord imparts something to you till you go do it. Because otherwise, what do you have to give? Okay? What do you have to give? And I'm not discouraging people in any way. I'm encouraging your prayer life as being the centerpiece of your life to receive from heaven, to give what heaven sent you to give. Amen? And the more you become attuned in relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, you will, on a daily basis, receive impartations for people. Okay? Everywhere He sends you, you're going to have an impartation to people. Amen? All right, so um, I want to spend a few minutes talking about a dream and how the church is restored to hearing the voice of the Lord. Okay. Um, shortly after the trip to Muskoka, um, man, I, just the presence of, of intimacy was heavy um, on me that week, and I had this encounter with the Lord. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read this dream to you, and then we're gonna talk about it. All right. All right. So this dream this dream starts out with me. I'm looking um, above the earth. Okay. And I'm actually um, above a desert. And as I look down, I see a man in a dune buggy, okay, he's flying, he's flying across the desert. Um, It's like a souped up dune buggy uh, that looks like it's moving extremely, uh, extremely fast across the sand. It's pulling a closed trailer behind it, which is kind of unusual, but man, this dune buggy is flying across, uh, across the desert. And I look up and I can see that there's a man sitting in the middle of the desert on a bench at, at the edge of an oasis. And this man in the dune buggy is driving toward him. Well, as, as the dune buggy approaches this man, um, the Spirit of God takes me down to, to literally stand beside the man um, at the edge of the oasis in the midst of a desert. And I can see that, that this person at the edge of the desert, uh, um, on, on the edge of the oasis in the desert, is actually me. Okay? And the man in the dune buggy is actually Jesus, and so Jesus is in this dune buggy racing toward me, sitting in an oasis in the middle of a desert, which is a you know it's a pretty cool pe- uh, picture, and um, you know it's actually symbolic of you know if you are in the kingdom of heaven, you know in the midst of this desert, this world called Earth, you are actually. Um, have access to the oasis of the kingdom of the Lord, Amen. And so, back to the dream. As Jesus is approaching this man, which is me, um, and I, I realize this whole thing. Jesus is racing in this dune buggy um, toward me. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I, I see. You know, Jesus uh, Jesus approaches and then stops the dune buggy and gets out and he has a spirit in the dune buggy with him, okay? They approach me, um, the man sitting on the bench at the edge of the oasis. Um, my consciousness, my conscience now switches over, and I become the man whom Jesus is approaching with this spirit at the edge of, of, of uh, the oasis, okay? And so I am now seeing Jesus and this spirit walking toward me um as Jesus approaches me, he introduces me to the Spirit and he says, "This is the spirit of knowledge, the intimacy of God. And so the Spirit stands beside me and lays a hand on me and it's like I can feel this immense presence of God. Um, it's it's like it's almost like I'm being intoxicated in uh, the dream by the spirit of intimacy, by the spirit of knowledge, okay? Jesus then walks back to the trailer, which is actually a very expensive camper. Okay, it's it's like this big trailer, it's like this closed trailer. He opens the door and seven women walk out of the trailer. And I, I gotta tell you this, uh, in a you know, I'll, I'll tell you this as candidly as I can. These women were they were not pretty, put it that way. They were um, they were beat up. Um, there was an ugliness to them. Um, they were shy, they were ashamed, they, um, you know, they just, they did not look like something that Jesus would be carrying with him, um, to, to talk to me about, okay? So, they're all beat up, all these women are beat up to the point where their eyes are blinded, um, from the swelling, and their ears are dripping with, with wax, um, like they are infected, Jesus begins to talk to me about the seven churches of Revelation in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, and what makes them ugly. Amen? Okay, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, you need to go to Revelation 2 and 3, where Jesus writes the seven letters to the seven churches. The you know, Church of Ephesus, Church of Smyrna, uh, Pergamos, Thyatira, um he has specific things to say to each of those churches, and what the heir of that church is, what actually makes them ugly. Okay, and so Jesus is, you know, showing me these seven women. Okay, and he begins to talk to me, and he says, um, he says this to me. He says, he says, yeah, they're ugly, but I died for them. He says, I love them, and he begins to discuss how the seven brides are made beautiful uh, with the restored ability to see and hear in the Spirit. And he starts to talk to me about the objective of the enemy is to blind the heart of the people, to blind the church, to make them religious and and have no access to the Holy Spirit, no direct communication where they dream dreams, see visions, and hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. And he goes on to say, he says that... Um, That their ugliness, their blindness, their deafness um, cannot be made beautiful without intimacy. And he begins to talk to me about why he's introducing me personally in a deeper way with intimacy. Okay? And so, he said, makeup cannot make what I prophesied. He says, the spirit of intimacy um, must kiss the bride. Okay? Okay? The spirit of intimacy is the only way that the bride is made beautiful, and so the spirit of intimacy suddenly begins to walk over um, to each bride one on one and kiss the bride. Okay, and when the when the intimacy kissed the first bride, um, Ephesus, her eyes. Like the the swelling around her eyes, the beating uh, the beating on her face, the black and blueness, all that starts to disappear. Okay, her ears, she's able to hear, she's able to see, and she became pregnant instantly because of the kiss of intimacy. Okay, her belly began to grow, um, and her face was transformed before my eyes. It's like the seed of prophecy not only produced a child, allowing her to multiply, but she was transformed to being beautiful by the seed that she heard in the Spirit. The seed that she saw, the vision that she saw made her pregnant and gave her the ability to reproduce a child. Okay, And so if you're getting this picture, it's a very strong prophetic picture, guys, of what and how Jesus works in the New Testament. You can read a bunch of Scripture, but without the prophetic voice, without the impartation where the seed of heaven um, bursts, uh, equips in a burst a, a, a bride, a church. Then there is no life. There is no ability to reproduce. And we'll get in that, into that deeper here in a second. But um, yeah. So each one. Um, so you know. He he starts out with Ephesus. He then goes to Smyrna, right the the second church that Jesus addresses. Um, he I watched as intimacy uh, kissed the bride and began to speak intimately. The the vision of the Lord for her life. She became pregnant and she also carried child and and birthed the child right there before my eyes. Okay, um, this happened with with every church, every church that. Uh, every 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 one of the seven brides, when intimacy kissed the bride, the bride was made beautiful. Uh, she could hear and see, which is a symbolic symbol of spiritual revelation. Um, she became pregnant, and uh, she produced a child. Okay, and so you know the at, at the end of. Um, the seventh church, right, which is Laodicea, um, the spirit of intimacy walked over to me with a huge bag, okay, and this huge bag contained letters and invitations to go to a bunch of places. And the Lord started to talk to me about the reason I send you to the ugly to the ugly bride is to make it beautiful with intimacy. And man, the Lord, the Lord has just been messing me up. With this um, revelation of intimacy, um, and you know, I just I want to dig deep into the to the embrace of intimacy with the Spirit because Jesus is basically saying here that without the Holy Spirit, you can't become pregnant. Without the gifts of the Spirit, which is first off personally in your life, dreams and visions and encounter with 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 the Holy Ghost, it's the only way you can become pregnant. Okay. And so, when the Lord equips people to pray and prophesy and use the gifts of the Spirit, guess what? You're carrying the ability to make ugly brides beautiful. You're carrying the ability that when you prophesy to them, you're impregnating them, okay? And the picture is with Mary, right? Mary, the angel comes and speaks to Mary, and, um, uh, you know, the angel says, The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to be made pregnant, right? And you are going to birth Christ. That prophetic picture, is that's what prophecy does. That's what the direct voice of the Holy Spirit does in my life, in your life, and it's the only way that can make an ugly thing beautiful. It's the only way that can make a barren thing able to reproduce. And the Lord is looking for a bride once she experiences the supernatural... Um, impartation of the Holy Spirit. He's looking for a bride to respond the same way Mary did. Mary Mary spoke and she says, um, as as the Lord has said, nothing is impossible um, with the Holy Spirit. Right? Um, and that's Luke one thirty seven. Um, and so, what she's saying there is that actually means the word rhema. Um, it actually means that when the direct voice, the vision, the dream, the encounter with heaven comes you will be made pregnant and what appears to be impossible, the Lord will make possible because he encountered you intimately. Okay, that's that's why, um, you know, the sexual connotation of a husband and wife is utilized as a picture of a church becoming intimate and able to reproduce because prophecy Prophecy is intimate, guys. Prophecy is the most in- intimate, personal prophecy is the mo- in- most intimate um, overcoming gifting in the the overall power of the Holy Spirit because it speaks and bypasses all the darkness and it, it speaks past um, the brokenness of a heart and it impregnates people and makes them beautiful it actually makes those who could not hear able to hear and carry the pregnancy that's imparted by the Holy Spirit and it's just a beautiful picture Right? And I find it interesting that in every letter to the seven churches, at the end of the correction, of as Jesus is addressing their ugliness, he says, If you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Okay? Um, the word here is the word ko Okay? The word um is actually, um, it distinguishes the difference between hearing about him. Versus personally encountering him. Okay? If you encounter the Spirit, okay? If you can encounter the Spirit, um, the Spirit will do everything needed. Okay so Jesus is saying if you lay down your religious routines, your dead processes, your things that talk about level 1 intimacy, talking about him, you may look you may look righteous cuz you use the Bible and you talk about the Bible but you have no intimacy. He's saying the way to overcome that ugliness is the spiritual encounter of a ko, right? If you can a ko, which which is if you can experience what the Spirit is saying to the church, okay? All brides are made beautiful with the direct voice of God. And people say, well, how do you go to India? How do, you, how do you go to Europe? How do you go to South America? You don't know what you're going to run into. And my, my answer is this, I don't care how ugly that bride is. I don't care if they worship Satan. I don't care if they're the Pharisee that thinks they're the most righteous guy in the world because they know a bunch of Scripture. They're all ugly. They're all ugly until they bow down and see Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and walk according to the voice of the Lord. They're ugly. Okay? If you're not walking according to the voice of the Lord, I'm dealing with an ugly situation. And as a as an apostolic leader, the Lord sends two places. I don't really I, I discern what your ugliness is, and oftentimes I'll identify it. The Lord will show me a picture of a serpent, he'll show me a picture of a spider. He'll show me all this these different symbols as the as the source of the ugliness. But the ultimate goal is to ultimately impart what the Lord is saying who will make that bride um, pretty through intimacy because the Lord wants us close. He doesn't want us at the bottom of the mountain. He wants us all ascending in the Spirit to the top of the mountain to see Him face to face. And that's why the Lord sends people in apostolic power to, to not look at their ugliness, but to release what the vision of God is saying to the church. If the church can hear what the Spirit is saying, the Lord will do everything needed. And so the interpretation of of the dream, guys, is the Lord is unctioning me to even take my intimate relationship to a deeper level and trusting that I'm walking with intimacy and I should expect, no matter how ugly that bride is, whatever church I go to, however much they think they're righteous or however bad they look with for whatever reason, if they can hear and encounter intimacy, they will become pregnant and reproduce supernaturally in the spirit realm. Amen. Um, and so you may say, well, I'm not really sure that, that that applies everything to me. And, you know, you may not be sold, but, you know, here, here's the deal, guys. I mean, the Lord addressed the Pharisees and the Sadducees on many occasions, because they were self-righteous. They took the Bible and they made, they thought they were the greatest thing on earth because they knew a bunch of scriptures and they heightened themselves above the people. They actually functioned in a pyramid controlling the people in the church structure, the synagogue, right? Um, and they elevated themselves above the people. And that's not the way the Lord works. The Lord actually works opposite. The apostle um, will actually hold up the body and... Um, do everything possible to kiss the bride with intimacy, to release what the Spirit is saying to the church, regardless of how, of position, right? Regardless of how much money, right? It's not about money, okay? It's not about position. All of those are lies and indicators of you're probably in a dead system if uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> if, if you're uh, head guy. Overseeing everything, lives in a multi-million dollar mansion, uh, driving a $500,000 sports car, um, and you're still t- quote-unquote tithing to the pyramid scheme, okay? That's a pyramid scheme that uses Scripture to actually enslave people, and the exact opposite is an apostolic anointing that actually lifts people up and actually releases the Spirit of God. Um, to free the bride, to actually equip the bride to f- to make them beautiful, and to free the bride, to go out into the world free, okay My goal as an apostolic leader is not to get a bunch of people together and and have a pyramid scheme where I have a bunch of money coming in on a routine basis to, um, quote-unquote, supply my calling. I don't need people like that to supply my calling. The Lord supplies my calling. The Lord wakes me up in dreams, go to Phoenix, go to Denver, go to Muskoka, Canada, uh, go to Atlanta, and you know what? I go, and somehow, some way, money appears to supply where I'm going and what I'm doing. Amen? And so, you know, this concept of people self-righteously thinking they're great because they know a bunch of scripture and they quote stuff and they got a bunch of doctrines. You know, Jesus called Jesus called these these uh, these. Uh, you know, he called them vipers. He called them dead men's uh, bones. He called them whitewashed tombs, sepulchers. He says you are of your father, the devil. And he equates it to. He says I don't care how much scripture you're aware of. You're actually deaf dumb and blind because you're self righteous. You don't know my Holy Spirit. Okay. And in Matthew 13, verse 14 to 17, I'll just read it here, it says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing that they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, he's referencing the voice of God. He's actually saying um, that the voice of God um, is, the, is the goal, and they don't know it, okay? Continuing on, and in, in hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand, and in them, Um, the prophecy Isaiah is, is fulfilled, which says, "...in hearing you will not hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will not see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes... For they see, and your ears for they hear, for assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see, and hear what you hear, but did not hear. And so what's Jesus saying here, guys? Jesus is actually um illustrating the point that all these self righteous guys that know a bunch of scripture have no intimate relationship with him. And therefore, they think they can see, they think they can hear, but Jesus is actually calling them deaf, dumb, and blind. He's, he's, he's saying you are the bride that needs intimacy. You are an ugly bride that needs kissed. You are the ultimate epitome of self-righteousness because you actually memorize Scripture and make it what you want to make it instead of submitting yourself to the way of the Spirit, which is to pray in the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Spirit lead you through life and teach you. Whether he wants to show you the book of Ezekiel, and spend ten years of your life just in the book of Ezekiel, whatever he wants to do with you, guess what? That's the work of the Spirit. It's not this religious concept that you have to learn the whole Bible. You have to you have to make yourself look good, um, and look church churchish, right, so to speak. Um, that's not the goal. The goal is the voice. Jesus is actually laughing at these guys the same way, the same reason he laughed at them in Luke eleven twenty, 20, which I referenced when it said that Jesus was, he says, I cast out demons by the finger of God. Surely the kingdom has come come upon you. His next question to the Pharisees, he's, he mocks them. He says, by what power do you cast out demons? He was mocking them. You know why? Because it's impossible to cast out a demon without the Holy ghost. Okay. The whole the, the casting out of a demon is a pure spiritual authority. Okay? I don't care if you sit under ten pastors, I don't care if you had twenty guys lay your hand lay their hands on you and you've got this quote unquote covering, which that whole that whole thing's just a lie. That shepherding movement. You know, you're just you're just uh, you are who you are because you do everything your pastor says to do. That's that's the lie of covering Jesus is actually saying to the to the uh, dead Pharisees and Sadducees. He's saying, you guys think you're covered by me because, you know, a bunch of scripture and you have an organized system. And he's saying, you guys are deaf, dumb and blind because you don't sit in the authority of my spirit. You don't know me. So authority, guys, is a spiritual impartation. It's not a church position. You can sit in a church for 20, 30 years and know all the great men of God, but if you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have no authority. Authority is spiritual. Authority is a spiritual impartation. You don't have more authority because you sit at the top of a church pyramid scheme. Alright? You get the picture? And so, so the Bible is a love letter, guys. Um, It's no substitute for intimacy. Okay? You cannot know enough of the Bible to substitute for knowing the Holy Spirit, and so um, I know I, I talked to this to you before. I just I want to reiterate this fact that prophecy is intimacy. Okay, true prophecy is a product of intimacy with the Spirit. Revelation nineteen ten says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Testimony um, is two words. The, the Latin word means testes. The Greek word means sperma. Um, sure you guys if you're listening you got a you got a, a visual of what that is right the man's ability to impregnate a woman um, he's got to release the sperma the living sperm have to impregnate the bride okay um, the te- the word testes is the housing of the sperma okay so Jesus is saying that the the testimony the housing of life the housing of the sperma of God um for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So he's saying that the prophetic ability of the spirit, the spirit of prophecy and the gifts of the spirit are the way to testify of Christ. Okay? You can't just read a bunch of scripture and claim to have testified about him. You can't just talk and say, "Oh yeah, Jesus is a son of God," and you know, that's not truly testifying. You're actually talking about him in a very Um, low level of intimacy. You're talking about awareness of what a love letter says. But Jesus is calling you to be intimate with Him to a profound ability that you're walking in level 5, level encounter intimacy. Picture this. You've been impregnated by the Spirit with prophecy, dreams, and visions. And you are carrying that ability to go impregnate the ugly bride. Amen? And so the word... um, the word prophecy is actually made up of two words. Uh, pro, uh, the Greek word for pro, is, is, it means to speak, to impregnate with sperm. Okay, The word pharaoh um, is to carry and bring forth from within, to create life. And so when you prophesy, you are actually releasing the only thing that has the ability to reproduce in the kingdom. Prophecy, the impartation of words of knowledge and the direct voice of God, what the Lord is saying is the testimony of Christ, okay? And so I encourage you, um, you guys have heard my Panera story, you've heard all these stories of, you know, walking into places, the Lord telling me to speak to this person, do this, and like entire groups of people being transformed because of one prophecy. That's the power of prophecy. That's that's the picture of of intimacy, that I'm not just speaking what I want to speak, I, you know, anybody, a monkey can actually speak the Bible to somebody. Oh, I, that's kind of a little bit of a stretch. Um, a, a an elementary school person can speak a Bible, speak a Bible verse to somebody, but only those who hear the voice of the Lord can impregnate an ugly bride, can make that bride beautiful, and then reproduce a beautiful child. You get the picture. Amen. And so. Let's just—I think this is enough for today. Um, keep keep sending your your questions, guys. These are great. This is just a great topic, and it's revealing in many people um, how shallow their view of Christianity was. Okay, um, and I, all I can tell you is—is is, uh, if if you've never experienced the intimate, deep presence of the Lord, um, in a way that you walk out of your prayer room impregnated with vision impregnated with dream um i just i pray for you i pray for you now um that you would lay down your theological view that you would lay down your denominational i'm right because of this this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because of that you know what whether you're right or wrong it really doesn't matter the question is is the question that jesus will ask you and that is do do, did I know you, and did you know me? Do I know who you are when you appear before me, right, at, at judgment day, at the end, right? Do you know me? Do you know my heart? Do you know my intent? And do I know you? Do I know what your intent is? Do I know, as your Lord and Savior, that you are chasing me and not just learning about me? Amen. And I, I pray, I pray for every person listening that, um, you know, you would know, you would get to know Christ beyond mere knowledge. I pray for a hunger and thirst to pray in the Holy Ghost in such a deep, intimate way that you knock on heaven's door and will not relent until you get your encounter, until you encounter the Holy Ghost in such a profound way that you walk out changed with the ability to impregnate the world, with the ability to prophesy the vision of the Lord to every person you encounter, every person you walk up to. Um, I pray for, for for that hunger and that desperate thirst for more of the Holy Ghost to come upon you. I pray in Jesus' name for the power um, of relational intimacy and the revelation in Jesus' name to come upon you. Um, Lord, I pray for every person right now, Lord, um, that they would repent, realizing that many have been duped, many have been deceived by, um, by popular, what I'll call popular Christianity, um, knowing about Jesus, but never really being transformed, never really encountering the light of Christ that transfigures a man. So, Father, let, let the grace of desperate prayer come upon every person that's hearing. Lord, and and I pray, Mark on the calendar for every person, Lord, that their day of encounter, their day of impartation would come upon them in the name of Jesus, that they would go into this world in the the calling of Mark 16, uh, 15, Lord, that they would uh, go into the world and make disciples of all nations, that they would cast out devils by the finger of God, that they would carry such an empowered authority Um, through the relationship with Christ, that they would cast out demons by the finger of God. That they would pray in tongues relentlessly in pursuit of the continuous impartation of the Holy Ghost and power. That they would take up serpents, meaning that they would take on demonic strongholds they would take on principalities and powers and they would take land that they would invade land with the intent to drive out the darkness and to impregnate the ugly bride in jesus name and i pray lord that they would lay hands on the sick they would recover lord i pray for the awakening of the ministry of the apostle lord the true ministry of the apostle lord i pray would come upon those hearing i pray in jesus name that these dead Churches, these dead religious structures that put more emphasis on religious systems and processes, covering um, submission, all these lies to bow down to church leadership um, as a hierarchy over the Holy Ghost. Lord, I break those structures down in Jesus' name. I break the power of every li- re- false uh, doctrine and lie, uh, religious concepts that have enslaved. The people hearing right now, Lord, I break those religious powers. I command every rel- religious devil to leave the people. Every every um, religious demon that blinds um, the hearts of men, that deafens the ears, um, so that they could not hear the voice of the God, of God. I break that power. I command that religious demon to go in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just release the grace of intimacy upon the hearts of every person. Lord, for those who do not pray in the Holy Ghost, Lord, I pray, uh, let that gift be awakened right now, Lord. Let the fire uh, flow in Jesus' name. Come on, pray with me, people. Lord, let the gift of prophecy, let the encounter in the night season come upon those who are listening, Lord. Let the power, Lord, of expectation to believe That you as a father, Lord, are happy with your sons and daughters and not angry with them. I break condemnation and lies that religious systems have embedded in the hearts of people. That they never see themselves adopted. That they're actually orphans always working to be accepted. Instead of, in the spirit of adoption, receiving what the Father has for them. I break the power of the orphan spirit. I command the orphan spirit to leave in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let the spirit of adoption fall on every person right now. Let intimacy be the expectation and not the far-off perception of not me. Let that lie fall to the ground dead and let them rise up saying, I expect my visitation, Lord. I expect my level 5 intimacy with You, my level 5 continuous encounter that will send me to the nations. Lord, let that grace... Let that grace fall, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. All right, guys, keep your questions coming. Um, I, lo- I love your questions. Um, uh, also, if, if you're interested in having me come, just email me. Um, we've, got, we've got meetings all over the place now. Um, and uh, it's just, man, the Lord is doing amazing things. And uh, we're birthing a handful of churches at this point. Um, If you have any questions on deliverance, healing, any works of of the supernatural, send me your questions. I'll be glad to work with you, and uh, we'll go from there. Amen. Until next time, have a good one, guys.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcupett.org d-a-v-i-d-c-u-p-p-e-t-t dot o-r-g or fivestoneministries.org You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.